And it's the Titterpigs, the RPG podcast. Am I getting paid for this one? Welcome back, listeners. We are here with another episode of Titter Pigs, where we continue to prove the trope that if you're over 40 and have an opinion in the tabletop RPG industry, you are required by law to have a podcast. Um, so today is a rather special episode. We do have a, a special guest here with us, and also we have a special co-host because my ever-loving uh, co-host, Keith, uh, unfortunately, could not make this episode. He is busy moving his son, who graduated from college, into his new house. But we do have a special co-host stand-in here, and it is Bud. As you know, from Bud's RPG Reviews and uh, Bud and Griff's... Gaming sorry, Creep Show. Gaming Creep Show, yes. Thank you, Bud. Uh, welcome, and and thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come in and co-host this episode of Titter Pigs. No problem. I, I didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> which which is why i asked you because uh, well, so, yeah. <laughs> the other four people said that they actually had important stuff to do so so thank you for being my fourth choice um, well, to be fair i did i did tell you to ask griff before me because <laughs> <laughs> the reason being he has actually backed the uh the, the weird wizard kickstarter completely right. everything can print kind of thing so right. he, he would have had a lot to say but He's a he's a programmer and he's on the deadline at the moment, so we couldn't make it. Yeah, no, no worries with that. We love Griff, and he's always welcome on to the uh, onto the podcast. So, but um, but with that, and you know, and again, thank you, Bud, for joining us. Uh, the reason why we're here today is we have a special guest here, uh, Robert J. Schwab, uh, who is here with us in the Titterpig Studio, and we are here to discuss. Um, his recent success of his um, Shadow of the Weird Wizard um, uh, Kickstarter, and maybe talk a little bit about Rob himself as we you know discuss uh, some of his beginnings and also where Schwab Entertainment may be going in the near future. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. It is my pleasure, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I, I love I love talking the talk and hanging out with folks. Yeah. So this is great. Every opportunity I, I can get to break out of my, my cocoon, I will take. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, and you have been busy. Uh, I do, you know, I, I follow your, you know, your little bit of social media presence that you do have personally. And you, you've kind of have, you've been running a roller coaster since the beginning of the Kickstarter. Uh, but it, it seems to be a, a wonderful success and has been uh, doing tremendous. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's, double or, or more so than the shadow of the demon lord kickstarter campaign uh went so um there that's that that's, that's that's excellent uh but before we get into that i hope you don't mind because they, we do have quite a few listeners who uh may not be familiar uh which i i feel is inexcusable with uh 
you know, with your bibliography and background, but uh, just for so people can get to know you a little better. Uh, we have a little thing here where we ask our people who are on the show, uh, what is it? And, you know, that brought you into either tabletop RPGs or just gaming in general, if you have a little little story regarding that. When I was a little kid, uh, I played board games with my dad. Uh, we play chess and we play uh, we play Wizards Quest from Avalon Hill and a bunch of other things during that era. And so I was always into the games and gaming. Um, I knew about Dungeons and Dragons at a pretty young age, but I didn't really know what it was. Uh, and I had this idea of what it could be. And so I finally, my parents uh, loaded us all up into a rocket ship and we crash landed in the South. Uh, and there <laughs> I have remained stranded in uh, this, this land of, of humidity and swampiness where I will probably <laughs> die. Uh, and, but, if, but beneficially, uh, well, the benefit of coming here was I, I, I was able to, we were living in town and some, we'd moved a couple of times, went to this mm -hmm. house and there's this kid who lives behind me and he's like, hey, my mom picked this up at a yard sale. Do you want it? It's a, I'll sell it to you for a quarter. And I said, sure. And it was a Rahaja by Tracy and Laura Hickman, which oh, wow. is a, a, you know, it's a basic red, it's a basic D&D &D, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, not advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Module what the old guard call adventures. So mm -hmm. I had no rules to go with this game or this rather this adventure. And so I then decided that what I was going to do was figure out how that rule set would work by just extrapolating information from the adventure. And in doing so, they came my very first role-playing game, Passages. Uh, so with Passages, that was kind of the, we played that in the playground a couple of times. It was really exciting for the kids in sixth grade. And, um, my friend, uh, another friend said, hey, took pity on me. He said, if you want to know how to play D&D, &D, just spend the night at my house. My mom will make lasagna and we'll talk about comic books and make a D&D &D character. So I went over and we did the D&D &D character thing. And I found the entire process miserable and excruciating, even though we were still operating out of the red box thing. I just didn't understand why I had to care about all this stuff. You know, I mean, I don't care if it's a two-headed sword or if it's a long sword. I don't care. It didn't make any difference to me at all the time. And I was pretty sure that by the end of that night, I was, my career with D&D &D is over. Um, but then a week later, we went back over to Landon's house. We played and it was uh, myself, the, the kid who got me into D&D &D, and this other kid named Travis. And Travis and I are both playing two characters each. Travis playing Stick Finger, Sticky Fingers and Naster, I think. And I was playing uh, what originally was called Booger, and he got upgraded to Ator once I realized how cool this game was. And Pardue, named after Tom Hanks's D and D character for Monster and Mazes, and I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked for life. And that was a, uh, you know, that that one afternoon of playing D and D and going through Caves of Chaos, or he was keeping the Borderlands, mm -hmm. um, and something about the fact that we're we're making our way through this dungeon. And, you know, we're at just a time when the Commodore 64 and Atari were the biggest graphical interfaces of these kinds of things you could do. Mm -hmm. And having the ability where my imagination was completely fired uh, just hooked me. And, um, you know, granted, I did halfway through murder my other character because I only wanted to play one character, not two. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this character would go on to 
reach the upper heights of 39th level with wow. castle and a pet dragon and all the other things that you expect that children to do and even went on a god killing spree through deeds and demigods so you know it's, it's what you do yeah exactly yeah. Well, that that is that's amazing because I, I do feel that, uh, you know, those who didn't discover it, you know, in, in 1974, because I think you and I are about the same age. So we were just freshly out of the womb at that time. But those who discovered it later in life, I do feel kind of discovered the way you did, because it was very similar for me and other people that I know it was it, we weren't given the game proper. Like my my discovery was my friend's dad essentially gave me um a, a copy of uh, a castle amber and mm. just just sat there looking at this like what do i do with this and as you as you alluded to it's you just kind of make stuff on the fly because this thing is so amazing and looks so cool i want to know what it does but i don't have the owner's manual so let's just uh right, let's just right. see if we can uh you know create an engine of our own but uh but you went a lot further than we did that that was that was like you know after a certain point it's like oh well here's the book kids like well why didn't you lead with this uh but uh <laughs> But but no that that but that that's that's fantastic and I also applaud you for having memories of your first characters because some of those things have just filtered away uh, for well for my nerd was very strong back in yeah. those days it still is I guess I, get, <laughs> right. I don't think I can hand in my nerd card yet but uh, <laughs> yeah it was funny that because as part of my origin story so mm-hmm. to speak uh, my mom was is was and still remains fairly. Uh, religious and mm-hmm. she was convinced that D was going to rip my soul out of my body and drag it screaming into hell and of course as i got older i realized like mom if you know satan was real the surest way to do it when i'm 15 is just send me a succubus and i'm there right i mean <laughs> to be fair so uh but she forbid she forbade me from playing dungeons and dragons and because of that decision that I had to, because I, you know, I was young and I still was living in the in fear of uh, a vengeful lord, uh, I, I I agreed. But I also played everything else, everything mm-hmm. else. So I and it gave me exposure to games that I probably would never have encountered: Paranoia, Twilight Two Thousand, Traveler, GURPS, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, uh, obscure things. Uh, because I was just, I would absorb all of it, and I would be, I, I'm a, I have always been deeply interested in the actual systems that go into the games, mm-hmm. uh, and more so about just the mechanics of the games and how they kind of play uh, than actually playing. But I still would, of course, play and have a great time doing so. Right, right. Do you still have your notes for passages, and are you going to kickstart it? It's funny you mention that. Uh, I don't <laughs> have the notes for passages anymore. Um, that's a big ask, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do. I have actually thought I, I on my desktop. I do have a folder called passages as a, as I've been doing a lot of these interviews and my, my interest in going back to a super primitive RPG experience where you gain a level every time you leave the dungeon map uh, is uh, seems to be fun, uh, but it won't be kickstarted because I, I don't want to say this on the record, but I will say that it, Highly unlikely. I'm going to put myself through another Kickstarter. Right. This, Make sure you get is, that, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this one's this one's been a, a beast. I I will reward that in in editing. Go. I am going to do many more do. <laughs> Kickstarters. I'm going to do a Kickstarter next week. What are you right. talking about? 
the man with 10 Kickstarters simultaneously. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's Kickstarter takes years off your life. I from from most of the people I know who have who have gone through them. It's not it's not sunshine and rainbows and like, here's a bunch of money. Have fun with it. Um, right, right, I, we all right. we all are aware it's a lot more work and a lot more logistics and things involved than just uh, thanks for the money. Here's your books. I, so, uh, I'm actually just 29. The <laughs> listeners can't see me, but you guys can. And I have I'm waiting for my beard to turn white. I mean, it's nowhere close yet. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think I'm I'm actually older than you two guys, aren't I? Right. I was born in '72. Yeah, I must have had an easy life. <laughs> you must have. Look at those baby cheeks. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so so interesting <clears throat> though, because obviously the, your introduction to tabletop role playing games did give a bit of a um, a premonition to what you would be doing later in life. And uh, so, just a bit out of curiosity, as you know, as you were getting older and um, started to expand with your, uh, you know, with the amount of games you've been playing. Uh, was there a particular moment where you're like, this is something that I want to do? And then how was it that, you know, what was it that led you into the, into the actually working within the tabletop role-playing game industry? I never thought that I would be doing this mm -hmm. for a living. I never thought that I would work on an edition of D and D. I never thought that I'd write D and D books. I never thought that I'd run my own company, any of that stuff at all. Um, as I was, Kind of, I, I kind of entered it like some people do. I entered a, a hard burnout phase in the latter days of high school, and uh, and I had by the time I reached college, I was so crispy and, and very much enamored with uh, anything that would kind of dull my senses, if you get my meaning. Yep. Uh, I dropped out of college. There was a, a pregnancy scare with a girlfriend. Didn't happen. Uh, but then I decided I would go into McDonald's management instead and i did that for a number of years and that trauma stays with me even to this day years <laughs> and years later i still have nightmares of working at mcdonald's and dealing with all the fun stuff there but um so then i got married uh went back to school and i had these big ambitions of becoming a great writer but it was like one of those things where it's like you you just talk the talk, right? Like mm -hmm. so many people just talk about, yeah, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing that thing. And, you know, it's just a thing they just talk about. It's like, it's, I got this great idea, but I'm, you know, never going to, and it was kind of one of those, it was my position, but I'm not really going to, I'm certainly not going to write a book. I mean, I'm going to think about writing a book and I'm going to sit down and mull it over, but I'm never going to do it. But um, this was like at the boom D20 system was booming. D and D third edition had just come out maybe about a year and there were there were there was this vacuum uh for created by the need for writers and uh i got sucked into that vacuum like so many other my contemporaries we all kind of poured in to fill the needs of all these budding studios that were, that were popping up everywhere and so i remember that i was selling uh i was selling carpet and hardwood floor at the time mm -hmm. and i had a second job working at a liquor store and uh we had been in our house for maybe six months and i started doing freelance work and i worked for uh did some d20 stuff for necromancer games mongoose uh green running publishing uh and i you know there there are companies that i i pitched to that no one remembers bastion press do you remember those guys uh or the scarab games mm -hmm. uh so i was trying to do all these kind of i was looking for any kind of work i could get uh, i went to uh 
origins. That's where I first met Chris Premis. Uh, we hit it off, I think, pretty well. And um, that led to more work. And then Gen Con that year led to even more work. Uh, I had Fantasy Flight Games hired me to do the Grim D20 thing for the mm-hmm. Horizon line, where you play yep. kids sucked into a twisted fairy tale world. Uh, I was working on Black Company campaign setting for the Ronins, uh, along with <laughs> Book Fiends. Yes. So I was doing all this stuff, and then uh, Green Ronin hired me to take over their line development for D20. And so that's when I took that over and ran that line until uh, I moved on to Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, Song of Ice and Fire, and did all the freelancing while doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I was I was in. By that point, it was like, well, I'm far enough into this, and I'm working 100-hour weeks. I guess I should probably stick it out. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's amazing. But and I were talking, you know, of your your own bibliography, and you know, you've you've been involved in several different things from, you know, D and D proper to all of the other aspects, Warhammer, the stuff you've done for Green Ronin and whatnot, and it's just prolific. Um, there's you know, looking at there's things. Oh wow, he did this also. I mean, like Grim, Grim, and um, both. What is the? Uh, I, I had it up here in my notes. Apologies, but the. Um, uh, witch hunter, the invisible world, uh, things, right, yeah. Thing, yeah, things such things such as that that uh, I've you know I've picked up recently at a convention in in Los Angeles, and uh, it's just um, you know it's just you've you've seemed to have bounced around, but a lot of the things that you end up writing for does fall under a particular theme. Uh, a lot of the things tend to be a bit of the you know, I, I I don't think darker side's the right term, but I mean, you're you're writing books about demons and devils, and uh, of course, Warhammer and and things like Grimm and things like Witch Hunter. Um, was this was this was this ty- type of thematic thing something that you know you were interested in doing? I, I do know that you uh, seeing some of the books that you mentioned you read your your musical background and things that that you are not musical background, but the type of music that you talk about online. I mean, I'm. I'm the one who rep- referenced the uh, uh, the Tom Waits reference that you did. You know that that kind of that darker, right. seedier side uh, was this something that you that fell in your lap, or was this something that just came easy to you? And that's why you tend to um, write more things in regards to that. Well, I, I I think that a lot of this comes from my own upbringing in a deeply religious family. Hmm. Uh, my dad was a minister for a time. Uh, there was my mom and my dad met working for the Salvation Army. And I've got the whole religious side of uh, a family. And so there was a lot of fear and loathing about the imminent end of all things growing up. Ah. And this idea that there were demons all around and all those other kinds of things that terrified me as a kid. And when I started kind of pushing back against that narrative, uh, I found that I was prepared to peer into the void, so to speak, with an, with an unflinching eye. I see it as an opportunity for me to kind of burn out a lot of that, that I guess I hate to say it, but trauma of mm-hmm. the, my upbringing. And so with that in mind, I'm not afraid to explore really dark and awful topics to an extent, right? I mean, there are yeah. limits of what I will do. I mean, I'm not right. going to, there's like, you're, you're not going to find animal harm in my books. That's right. one of the things I'm just not going to do. And there are other, there are other areas and other things that I also won't, 
uh, tackle. But, you know, you want a big demon made of dicks that waddles around and sprays. <laughs> and who doesn't? Everywhere? <laughs> yeah. And who doesn't? You know, I'm your guy. I can make right. that monster for you and make it fun and scary <laughs> and hilarious because I find that there's like, you know, at the start of my career, I was always like, we got to keep it serious. We got to keep it dark. We got to keep it scary. And now it's just like, nah, the right tone is Evil Dead 2. We need to, yes. everything should be like, it's awful, but it's also so awful that it's almost funny. And the only thing you can really do is laugh about it. And so the, it's the, the Ronins uh, used to call me Dr. Evil because of my work on the Book of Fiends, because it was so over the top in so many ways. Um, and so, yeah, it stuck. So I got, so, a, got a reputation for writing the, the, the grittier things that people probably don't need or want to explore. <laughs> so out of interest, if you were to create a demon made of dicks, what would you call it? Uh, I probably, it'd be a cockamental, I think is probably what I'd call it. <laughs> um, and, uh, I imagine that we're, it's probably going to be, uh, probably, well, what would happen was that because I, I really like the whole two, three stage monster. So mm -hmm. it probably come at you looking like grimace. So it's all flaccid. <laughs> and then as the things, as the combat's going and it's getting more excited, it grows these big spikes. And then right at the end <laughs> climax, it just explodes <laughs> and of course, if your characters are bathed in its uh, ejaculate, then what would probably yeah. happen would be that uh, those characters become pregnant with little versions of that thing and then have to figure out how to get that out of their bodies before it comes to fruition. I mean, sometimes these things write themselves. Don't they? Oh, absolutely. They totally do. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the only way to send it back to the existential plane of Cox is to cast whiskey dick on it. So it turns flaccid right, 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 and disappears. Right, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, <clears throat> so I, mean, I was thinking of Orcus Dickus, but <laughs> Orcus Dickus is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we may, we may kind of dive back into some of those things as we, we discuss, um, uh, Shadow of the Weird Wizard, but, uh, that's, you know, what we're, what we want to talk about because you are, how many days are left on the Kickstarter? Nine. Uh, nine. Nine yeah, days so, left. Yeah. And you've, um, I, I haven't checked recently. I haven't re refreshed it here, but, uh, Yes, you you you've reached uh, three hundred twenty one thousand, which brings up the uh, the Kickstarter goals to what? Where is it currently, Rob? Uh, the how 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 many how weird, many percentages are weird treasures? So you've you've currently weird unlocked treasures, weird, weird a, treasures. Yeah, yes. we did, we did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Um, no, so, yeah, carry on. Yeah, I was just going to say. So for for. Uh, for the uh, uninitiated, uh, can you you know tell tell the listeners you know what what Weird Wizards is, um, and then maybe we can also talk about what makes it different between Weird Wizards and what it's built on is Shadow the Demon Lord. Right, right. Well, the the big thing about Weird Wizard is mm -hmm. that there's a whole lot of folks that are running away from mm -hmm. this burning, collapsing society. Yeah, and your characters, the characters you create using the rules in the game are kind of there to help them along and help them reestablish themselves and create a better, brighter future for the survivors of the fall of the old country. Now, into this area that they're making their new homes, it's largely been untouched because of this sinister presence called of the, of the man named the Weird Wizard, mm -hmm. who uh, has his own realm off further to the east, 
but these are the borderlands. These just kind of edge up there. No one really has been too cool or curious about settling here until he vanishes. Well, his absence has created all sorts of opportunities for things to escape from his, under his dominion. Uh, it allows some of the weird magic that defines his realm to spill in. Uh, and it also presents new threats to the folks who are running away from uh, and, and, ho- and, ho- and trying to rebuild their lives uh, from the from the old country. Now, uh, this game is a game about hope and rebuilding and high adventure and mysteries un- uh, revealed um, where Demon Lord is about... Well, I, I, let me put it another way. <laughs> I had a direct message on Twitter to this morning, and the guy said, so it seems like both these games are dealing with bad situations. Uh, and I was like, well, not really. Uh, they are, the situation in Weird Wizard is bad to start, but the end point is that it's going to get better and you have an ch- opportunity to do, to create a better world. Uh, in Demon Lord, it's a bad situation and then you're all going to die. Right. So that's a, that's how those two things kind of work and then mm-hmm. why they're different. Demon Lord is apocalyptic horror fantasy this is more high fantasy with some gray murkiness around the edges. Right. Right. Oops, we lost Bud, but we will we will carry on here. Hello, listeners. Scott here, and I hope you are enjoying this episode of Titter Pigs. Do you know that we're now monetized on Spotify? That's right. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help sustain future episodes and other special events. All you need to do is go to our Spotify homepage, click the About section, and there you will find the support link, or click the link in the description. Know that Keith and I really appreciate any support we get from our listeners, no matter if it's a bit of pocket change or simply sharing titter pigs with other people. And now, back to the episode. Um, so yeah, I, I, I myself, I'm intimately... Uh, uh, familiar with Shadow of the Demon Lord, it uh, on several different levels. Um, one, uh, it was the second game that I introduced my son to after he discovered Fifth Edition. He was a uh, preteen, right? So he he discovered Fifth Edition with his friends, and uh, at the time, I you know I I wasn't aware that he was getting into role playing games. It, he may have, he was about maybe eleven or twelve at the time. And um, we were at a um, at my daughter's softball game. He's off with his friends. He comes back with his character sheet and said, uh, you know, Daddy, are you aware of Dungeons and Dragons? And of course, it's that moment where like, son, let's take a walk. Uh, so <laughs> so he, he we we enjoyed a few years of a uh, uh, fifth, fifth edition, but I can tell he was getting itchy. So he wanted to try something new. And so I not really being familiar with Shadow of the Demon Lord and its content. Uh, I threw out a couple suggestions of which he looked into it and he says, well, this sounds like a lot of fun. And then read, and then of course, reading into it. And of course the inevitable thing that everyone points to, I know this is maybe becoming old hat, but you know, he discovers the, the hateful defecation spell and says, dad, can you run this for me and my <laughs> friends? And I, and I'm, you know, I'm go absolutely when your mother's not home. 
Uh, <laughs> we will most definitely run this, and they and they had an absolute blast. I mean, not not you oh, know, good. of course, with 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 you know, with with, and th- that's the type of age where you can have fun with this because they're not taking it seriously, they're not offended yeah. by it. But they they really enjoyed likewise the mechanics because it dialed everything up to eleven with them. Fifth edition was what it was. They were having fun with it, but they wanted something different and new and just had these, you know, and it and it exposed them uh to you know this this wonderful world of role-playing games. And that was their uh jumping point where, you know, my son now, he's you know, he's dozens of games, he's running games, he's writing his own rules, he's writing his own uh homebrew and stuff and you know right now his his current favorite is morkborg so you know there's a lateral kind of kind of thing to that going on but um but it uh i i do point out to a lot of people as i'm running it for them because you know the the word has spread and people like hey scott are you going to play that poopy game for me are you going to run it for me it's like (laughs) absolutely i said but it's it's so much more than that and they're like yeah 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 but when am i getting that spell i'm like you do realize there's another spell that makes your junk fall off right they're like, oh, really? How? When do I get that one? So, um, it, it may seem adolescent and childish to some people, but you know, for others, it is. Um, I wouldn't call it eye-opening, but it, it's refreshing to not to have a game that one in, like you said, uh, deals with the serious aspect of you know, all hope is lost. You know, you're we're all going to die at some point. Nothing's stopping this demon lord. But, you know, um, if we're going to hell in a bucket, we might as well enjoy the ride, uh, which is right. how, how I run a lot of the games. And so with that, um, was was that kind of like the onus uh, for creating Weird Wizard? Was it to create something that's a l- little bit more accessible for people who weren't into that? And, and you know, the, the, the poop and the spells aside, but just into the theme of what shadow of the demon lord is to make something that you know uh maybe the opposite side of the same coin but is going to be more accessible to people as far as you know the the general um the, the general population of the gaming hobby with uh demon lord i started design on demon lord almost immediately after uh, my time at wizards had come to an end yeah and with you know any kind of collaborative process that you've got a lot of different fry, a lot of different cooks in the kitchen. There's going to be some tension, uh, and I mean, I left on good terms with wizards, and I still count many of the people there still as good friends. Yep. But I was ready to do something else that was my own and reflected my sensibilities about what I look for in gaming, what a, a complexity level that I could manage while being a little drunk, uh, <laughs> and to and also that was that would kind of reflect. Uh, my sense of humor, right? right. I've, uh, I, I may be 49, but I still find poop jokes hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people do, but that's yep. okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the point about like looking at ways that I could thumb my nose at established conventions in fantasy role playing, mm-hmm. while at the same time giving audiences the best part of any kind of fantasy campaign to be the backdrop for the entire experience was crucial uh is to, to which were two were major goals uh, that drove the design of this uh, that particular product mm-hmm. and you know it's been an opportunity for you to explore other kinds of things too like there are uh you know the world's presented in the core book is pretty bleak and hopeless but right. as you read deeper into the, the the supplements and you get into the kind of the nuts and bolts of the setting uh it becomes uglier and uglier as you go 
And I think it's important to kind of drive home uh, the nature of this particular world and why you shouldn't take it so seriously, because there is really, it is, it is, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a doomed world and you're just, you're stalling for time. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, so looking at, um, you know, shadow of the weird wizard and, and, and the, you know, what it's, what it's presenting, um, it, you, you've you've hit a lot of these these um these hallmarks these these goals that you that you've unlocked um obviously this is going to take some time and once everything comes out uh and you know people are receiving everything that that you know they've done from the kickstarter uh is your your general goal goal because you know, the way you support uh shadow or shadow the demon lord you know is is fantastic i mean there's there's obvious books there's companion books there's a lot of stuff that people can get that you know that shows that it's being supported and of course your uh your one or two page adventures you know that you can pick up that seem to come out almost you know every other week at, at least it seems to me um is is shadow going to be supported in that same aspect i mean is yeah. it, or okay one of the the i know the couple of people several people have asked me about the the, the volume of content that i'm mm-hmm. on the hook for writing right uh for weird wizard uh understand that th- these are things that i was going to release anyway uh these are all the things that i was kind of planning on doing because yeah. i feel like it's easy it's hard to make a role-playing game and it's harder to make a role-playing game that stays alive uh and it's my job to if i could just release a cool book and everyone sees it they may give this they may play it once or twice and then never touch it again mm-hmm. and i find that's shame considering the fact that people have invested in the, the book that i've got cool ideas i think that i want to share with with others and so uh i want to make sure there's plenty of content for people to engage to engage with so you can see the full breadth of, the, of what the game's offering right which means why demon lord has so many adventures and why weird wizard will have 30 plus quests and two campaigns probably yeah. plus a, a third <laughs> campaign if uh things keep going the way they are yeah I, I mean, it, it's. I, I know that there a lot of people are looking forward to that, especially you know, as we all know, with the whole um, with the OGL debacle, right? There's been a lot of the transition of people looking for alternatives to you know Watsi's D and D fifth edition uh, in its current iteration for a variety of reasons, you know, whether it be the OGL situation or whatever the case may be. And I do know a lot of people look towards shadow the demon lord and if i'm not mistaken you really had a nice little boom there uh as other people did during the ogl uh but others may you know may again may not feel that 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 particular theme or that may you know that sense of humor that most of us appreciate they may not but but i i do feel that um that with weird wizard it does give them a you know an alternative you know where they 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 enjoy the shadow of the demon lord engine they they they're looking for a world that's different in regards to your basic high fantasy but it's not you know doom and gloom so to speak um, and that was right and that was kind of a, that that was why uh as early as 2017 i was thinking about this particular game mm-hmm. because i realized that as much as uh demon lord does reflect a lot of my id uh it's something that a lot of people that a lot of people just simply bounced off of and for that reason there's still a there's still a, a rock solid engine that that powers this game and if 
hateful defecation is a is an obstacle that people can't overcome right. then i feel like it's it, it, then then i'm doing a disservice to the game engine and so i'll make something else mm-hmm. now that's just so and weird wizard is designed really to be played for everybody i mean it's right. not a it is a fantasy game period uh it does have uh some great trappings but also it's plenty of light and i think it's gonna and you can kind of turn that dial in whichever way you want if you want to mm-hmm. run a, a, a grosser <laughs> game towards demon lord there's no right. reason you can't but uh if you're looking for a more traditional fantastic experience that has clockwork people and centaurs and rabbit folks and humans and halflings and hobgoblins and everybody else that you're expecting to see in a fantasy world along with cool magic and uh, a manageable advancement system that mm-hmm. you're feeling like you're seeing big jumps as you're as you're playing the game right then weird wizard's gonna nail it yeah that's that was that was another aspect of the game that myself and other people really enjoyed about shadow of the demon lord was the fact that you know visible progress uh pretty much is almost done in real time that you know they 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 get to enjoy the game within a reasonable amount of time and see you know if they survive you know what it's like to be in the upper echelon of of you know of some of the aspects that you're playing whereas you know as you know other games like dungeons and dragons it when you get to the higher levels it if and if you're playing it properly or i should say not properly but playing it by the book it could take you a few years before you get to experience some of the the wonderments of what it's like to operate on a high level. And and likewise, it also gives you a reasonable amount of expectations with a campaign. Uh, you know, if I throw down uh masks, masks of uh near the hotep, you know, I could say we're oh, and Bud is back here. I could say, you know, we're gonna get we're gonna wrap this in six months and four years later. You know, we're right, still right, playing right. the campaign, but whereas in Shadow of Shadow of the Demon Lord, the engine. You do know within 12 sessions, you know, you're going to have an enjoyable campaign and you can say we're, we're done and either move on to another session or move on to another game without having to worry about, God, how long is this going to take us to get through this? And I think that's another big highlight um, of, of both Shadow and uh, Weird Wizard, that, that it gives you gives you that that those reasonable expectations. I think it's also important for people to understand, too, that Weird Wizard and Demon Lord both... Uh, when you run an adventure or a quest, it represents a major moment in your character's life. So you, you know, over a span of, of ten adventures, ten years of game time may happen in your world, right. where you're doing one adventure per year. When you're assumed to be going on smaller adventures, side quests, or running a business, or do all the other things your characters might do, mm-hmm. but we don't really care about that because you're there to play at the table with your friends or your enemies or whatever, and right throw dice and solve the mystery and kill the monsters and do the fun stuff. Um, and all so that, so all that other stuff that all the other, the gooey bits live yeah. in between sessions. Yeah. And that's, and I know a lot of people that like that. And of course, with age comes less time, um, you know, for, right. for, the, for those of us who, who don't have as much time to run these long-term campaigns like we did when we were, you know, living in, in our parents' basement or playing every weekend in the dining room, you just don't have, eight hours you know every saturday and eight hours every sunday for weeks to do these kind of things it just you just you just don't um but uh, to be able to have you know every every game of two to you know of three to four hours uh over the course of 12 sessions and you know it's a wonderful feeling to accomplish a campaign and not have to you know start worrying about retirement 
uh, by the time that you that you wrap it up. Um, so let's see here. So welcome back, Bud. Sorry you had a bit of internet problems there. Yeah, my internet never goes down. Yeah, and then it just chose this moment to go down. But then anyway. So we're we're you know we we've been talking about uh, uh, Weird Wizard and you know some mm-hmm. of, some of the aspects of the game and in comparison to to uh, Shadow Shadow of the Demon Lore. We've already talked about the uh, the hateful defecation. So we we we've, we've covered that because obviously if we don't, people will be yelling at us. Um, so but uh, <laughs> um, uh, I know you had a question um, from Griff, and I think it kind of rolls into what we've been discussing. If, if you yeah, have that. let me just. And, uh, oh. uh, yeah, Griff is the guy I do a podcast with. Uh, he's gone all in on the Kickstarter. Oh, great! And and he said, and try and read between the lines here because he's a bit of a nut job. <laughs> um, one of the reasons for Weird Wizard is that some people bounce off the tone of Shadow Lord. Um, and he's then he's put on a side. But Rob was so good at that tone, nasty stuff. What's it been like for him? It's like Marilyn Manson being asked to tone it down a bit and think of the kiddies. Some of his stuff for Shadows of the Demon Lord was dark. The harshest stuff I've read in an RPG. So what I can extrapolate from that is, is the reason for the creation of Weird Wizards because it, Shadow Lord was a bit too much for some people? Yes, very much. I think that uh, I, I know that not everybody wants insanity rules or moral corruption or the the high the the new god who is supposed to be this virtuous uh deity uh turning out to just be a mask worn by the devil or the fact that the universe was created by actually tearing apart uh, a god and using the substance to in order to spin recreation out of that there's a lot of dark and unsettling unsettling things and hopeless things that live inside a demon lord um and so Weird Wizard really was, for me, just an opportunity for me to say, but it's there's more to this game than just seeing how, how far I can push the envelope on uh, on, a, on, a, on a darkness front. Uh, I really wanted to make sure that everybody and every, anybody could, have, could come to this game and not have anything that I have written inside of it be an excuse for you not to play. Um, now, there, it, part of that, too, is that it is really interesting to have to tone it back uh because my inclination is like well you know it's uh i've got a wheel of choices on how this could go and my inclination is to go this way where this is you know this is really terrible and awful but i probably should go this way where there's a a happy ending because that's just going to be good for the game and so luckily i have i have extra readers that uh can scour it and then slap my wrist when i (laughs) i go too far (laughs) Get, get out the I mean, uh, Rob, a, Rob spray bottle, so to speak. Yeah, right. So. It's a good job we don't have that demon made the dick. It's a happy ending would be a completely different thing. Then, <laughs> it? It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, well, why, while we're on the subject, um, so if, if I, I think we'll, we don't have too many questions, but if you'll indulge the listeners here, um, we have uh, Dave Peters. You know, he's, he's, he's a listener of the show. Uh, and he, he does have a, a question, a more of a personal question. So maybe, you know, this will roll into weird wizard or not, but he, he asks that, uh, which of your various iterations of your games is your own go-to, uh, which do you think is the best setting? So I, I would imagine he's kind of referencing 
you know, your, you know, all the things that, you, that you've been, uh, that you've worked on. Do you, do you have one that you enjoy the most or is there, you know, or is there, or another one that if you're going to play something, which you may or may not have time for, but uh, if you do, is there one that you tend to go to? Well, the cheap answer and probably the, the, the right answer is that I really like running Demon Lord. I mm-hmm. like running Demon Lord as a beer and pretzels game. Yeah. I love it best at conventions when uh, I can have a somewhat irreverent crew of miscreants uh, that are at my table and we have lots of laughs and we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of my go-to to uh, game. Um, as I'm getting grayer and grumpier, I, I'm finding that I'm gravitating toward simpler and simpler game systems. I don't really have... I mean, Weird Wizard's got... Weird Wizard is has all the same bones that the Demon Lord has, mm-hmm. uh, but there are a few extra complications in it that make it a little crunchy in some respect. I still, I, I probably, I haven't run Weird Wizard as much, obviously, as I have Demon Lord. I've got more hours I can count the, on that game, but I have a sneaking suspicion Weird Wizard will probably take over. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as other, anything else that I've created, I, you know, I don't, I haven't played D&D in since 2019 mm-hmm. uh the last game i played was call of cthulhu delta green that was the last game i played oh. um yeah i don't i don't get a lot of opportunity to play as much as i used to um and in fact it seems like as i get busier and again grumpier uh the less time i have to do these kind of things sadly yeah yeah i kind of get that i found as i got older i want the system to be simple um crunches for the young for me yeah with with that in mind when can we expect a, a weird wizard conversion for rollmaster uh right <laughs> that, that i'm still building the uh, caloric based uh action economy system where you're you have to, every everything you want to do in the game has a certain calorie cost so then uh if you want to pick if you want to you know draw a sword it's going to cost you 10 calories so you have to make sure your character is constantly eating in order to be able to do anything in the game. And then we're not going to do second by second combat. This is millisecond by millisecond combat. The only way? It's the only way. I figure that if, because, you know, people complained about fourth edition that, man, combats just take a whole hour. You haven't seen anything until you finish round one after your eighth hour of gameplay. (laughs) Yeah, we've all been there. You You have your heart rate meter you got to keep that track going right (laughs) oh well that that brings me to a a personal question so in regards to (coughs) weird wizard so your sense of humor you know obviously it 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 rolls with with us and in many many others uh and i i i'm curious when you're doing weird wizard you know the does are there some allusions towards some of the humor that 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 you that you've provided within Shadow of the Demon Lord? I mean, is there like a you know rather than hateful defecation, is there like a contentful constipation spell or or something such as that? You know, because um, I would imagine you you it's it would be impossible for you not to uh, you know wear your sense of humor on your sleeve to some regard, even with things such as uh, Weird Wizard. Sure, uh, there. Weird Wizard has plenty of the expected things that you would you, uh, that for any kind of fantasy game, but it also has very clear Schwabisms. There's a spell that's called uh, Pale Rider, and it's a nod to the Tom Waits album of the same name. Uh, but this is actually has a 
he's not naked, but in my mind, he's naked. A naked old man who appears on the, your back and he gums the top of your head and causes you to be frightened. So you're running around with this strange <laughs> homunculus figure on your back. Uh, and, you know, you're, this bell comes from the Eldritch tradition, which is the, the creepy, weird, eerie, Lovecraftian, although I, I'm loath to use that term, mm -hmm. uh, aspect of Demon Lord, the cosmic horror angle. Um, so, like, there's another one that lets you summon the maggot from some fantastical city, and this maggot shows up and sings, and it causes terror, and then it, round after round, you're rolling to see if it turns to a human and a fly. So there's also, and there's another one yeah. that lets you, that. so there, there are these things in there, but they're not designed to be, you're not using them on the players. Right. Characters, right? Yeah. These are things that, you know, I'm going to play, I want to play some alienist dude who's got this really strange book that I found after consulting with, uh, or defeating this cult dedicated to an ancient one. And I really want to see my character kind of dabble in this stuff because the best tools to fight evil is evil itself or some line. And having those elements there are fun uh, because there's a, because people like that stuff, right? They yeah. want to see the full spectrum. And there's also good stuff too, right? I mean, there's plenty of happy spells that make you feel good and, and wholesome. Right. So I've got a question. Are there any games that are currently being made that you think, and you've been looking at them, I could write something really good for that, given the opportunity? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think Mort Borg is a good one. I think it's one of those games that it's like, I just can't believe I didn't write that game. It just, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's this, I, we played uh, early in the pandemic and there, uh, that line about you were born when your mom was hanged, you fell out of the woods. It just, it got me right here, right here. <laughs> uh, but I also think that um, I look at a lot of games that are coming out and they're like, I'd love to write for cult. I would, uh, I've never worked on call of Cthulhu. That could be an experience for me. Delta Green would be another one I'd love to do. Hmm. Um, but I also, you know, I, I don't want to be morbid, but I turned 50 next year and there's only so much left in the tank. And um, so I'm not sure that, and I know that right now that I have, I look at my desktop and all the role-playing games I've got stacked on my desktop of things that I want to do that they're you know they may some are fragmentary like here's a here's a mechanic that i want to use in a role-playing game or here's a cool setting idea uh but i want to be able to hit those first so probably not i doubt my involvement with other rpg companies is going to be much going forward i hate to say it there's maybe one or two things i think you've a, a killer delta green campaign if you put your mind to it oh, oh yeah it'd be fun but uh, what what would it take for you though to to come out of semi retirement to collaborate on a uh, Tom Waits RPG based on the Black Rider? That's my question. Oh uh, yeah, they would, <laughs> you you wouldn't have to twist the arm at all. I'd be out there right away. Yeah, yeah I, I've I've been of the opinion for years that just the titles of every one of those songs would would make a wonderful scenario mm -hmm. as a as a campaign whole. And it's you know it's it, it any anytime I mention it, it's just like oh. Let's do this. That's why I don't I'm like, oh, I don't know where to begin. But yeah, it's yeah, the 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 inspiration from that would just would be superb. Now getting the rights yeah. though, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean Faith No More did Faith yeah. No More's got the real thing role playing game, and then there's a dead milkman game. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Role playing games are everywhere now. 
and yeah, there there is a there is a trend of you know the 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 band RPG that's that's been coming out as of late. I did back the the Dead Milkman one, and I did see the yep. Faith No More, and I God, I think there there was there was another one kind of straddling the the edge, but I don't I can't recall what it was. Uh, do, you know, uh, do you know what's a massive missed opportunity though? That there hasn't been a Kiss role playing game, right? Yeah, Ooh. that seems like uh, it seems something that Gene would have jumped on oh, uh, yeah. five years ago. Um, but you know, like there's Hell Knight, and then there's uh, I got this game here called Gods of Metal Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, yeah, Super, and so there's superb. there's a lot of that. Stuff. I mean, I had way way back, uh, Primus and I were talking about doing a kind of tongue in cheek role playing game that was you instead of your factions, you'd have the different strains of metal, and so mm-hmm. you'd have your uh, black metal and uh, speed metal, thrash. Uh, death metal, and so these would each be character classes you play, yeah. and so, and you're running around in this in this uh, Wahoo Gamma World style setting as you're killing monsters, but doing it to killer riffs. That would be a pretty interesting. I play that. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, so um, if if you got a moment, I got an, just another question for you. Um, sure. And this may take take you back for a moment, but uh, so Dave Peters, you know, he he actually had another question, um, and he he wants to know uh, of the many companies you've worked for, and there, there's been quite a few. Uh, is is there one that is your favorite, and and if so, why? Uh, Green Running Publishing is uh, my favorite. Uh, Though even though I haven't worked for them directly, I mean I've done a few things here and there, um, but I haven't worked for them directly since 2008. They remain very much family, um, and uh, Chris, Nicole, Hal, Steve, Evan, Sparky, everybody else that works there. That's I still remain in, uh, in touch with all of them, and uh, I owe them a, a great deal. Uh, without. Chris taking a chance on me, I probably would not have. My career might have sputtered out. Um, so yeah, that Green Green Renina is, is my favorite. It's fantastic. Times. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, speaking of them, uh, this is another thing that I've I, I ask certain creators who've been around for a while. Um, it, it, how does it feel to see things like um, uh, like your book, The Black Company, for sale? Uh, on eBay for for three hundred and fifty bucks or more uh, <laughs> makes me wonder if I still have a copy of my closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, I remember when Tome of Corruption for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay went for hundreds of dollars, and I was I was really surprised. But um, you know, it's I, I wonder how long that kind of thing is going to be around i mean i know like the monster manual that's uh, currently up for sale for twenty six thousand dollars on ebay um mm-hmm. but i mean it's also signed by gary and, and dave sutherland and others uh i wonder G- how- gary signed everything he did he did but i've I, got but- two books signed by gary gygax <laughs> <laughs> but i do wonder like how much that because nothing goes away now uh you can mm-hmm. you you can do print of demand for anything so books never go out of print, and so I wonder if the secondary market will ever take a, a bigger hit, or there's gonna, there will be purists out there who say, "No, no, I want the I want the real deal." I mean, I, my my prized possession is uh, Greyhawk, the folio, mm-hmm. the from the, the wooden box, is it? The wooden box, yeah. 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 
I don't have the wooden box. I've got the I've got the facsimile of it, but yeah. I have Greyhawk and Eldritch Wizardry and something else. Is that with the terrible beholder picture on the on the oh, cover? Yeah. That's really bad, isn't it? It's so bad. The, the thing is, I think the way the way to probably to look at it is, is if you look at the vinyl market, right? You can reprint something to your heart's content, but people are always going to want the originals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, th- I, th- I don't think it's going anywhere soon. Uh, like for example, like the the Warhammer stuff, they don't own a license to print it anymore, so they can't. So that's all you're getting is going to be PDFs and right. what's out there. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of that, have you seen how much the uh, career compendium goes for? No. How, what's three hundred pounds? What? Yeah. 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 I don't even think I was credited on that book, despite oh. the fact that I've uh, some absurd number of those are mine. But whatever, it's fun. yeah, yeah. Chil- Children of the Horn Rat is another one, and I through through uh, you know very graciously from a friend over there in the UK. Uh, you know, she she sold it to me, but it was still. You know, uh, 50, 50 pounds for the book. Uh, but it, another That's a good price for it to be that fair. is a good price for it. But yeah. even my, my friend was just, uh, who owns a game store here in California, a lot, someone dropped off a bunch of stuff. And in there was your, um, um, uh, Elder Evils 3, 3.5. Yeah. And, and he's asked me, so he's sitting down because he was going to sell it at Strategicon amongst other things. He's like, he's like, can you help me price this stuff out? And I'm, you know, I'm going through it, and then I realize it's Elder Evils, and, it's, and I'm going, oh, that's that's another, you know, a Schwab uh, joint. So I'm like, you know, pricing stuff out, and and I'm like, oh, this, oh, this one, this one's not going for anything. I'll give you 15 <laughs> bucks for it. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're bullshitting me, aren't you? I'm like, well, hell, you know, you got to give me something for helping you do this work. So, um, so, but that that one itself was was still, uh, you know, kind of pricing out about you know 80 to 100 bucks or or more. Um, so yeah, the, the, you know, Draconomicon, oh, I mean, obviously the, 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 even the, the big one for fourth edition, uh, the dark sun campaign setting, even that, you know, so, but it's, it's the yeah. thing, you know, you, you, you know, everyone's looking for, as you said, the original stuff or people or things they can't find, uh, because Watsi's, you know, either not going to create it for the fifth edition. So they're, they're looking elsewhere. But um, or just collectors like like myself, just like I yeah. I I want that that uh, you know that that sacred goblet on my shelf. And when are you going to run it? What are you talking about? It's it's right. sitting sure. there. Um, <laughs> don't run, just look. Yeah, we don't we don't. It's it's like Legos for my children. I've got you know Star Wars Legos dangling from wires up there, and you know they they were all purchased for my son for his birthday when he was younger and of course the question is is after we're done building it together he's like daddy when i when can i play with it and it's like what do you mean Never. we don't play with legos <laughs> <laughs> oh. so so i have a i have a question um out of the things you've written and not, let's not include demon lord or weird wizard here what is the thing you're most proud of that you think i, re- I really nailed that what i was going for uh, the most current version of Book of Fiends, I'm pretty proud of. That was for fifth edition. Uh, Rim is, uh, launched like my entire career, so I've got to take some pride in that. But really, the book that that I think captures where I was and what I was doing, what I was thinking, and how I attacked game design best is probably Tome of Corruption for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. A, I have a copy of that. It's a, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have it ready. <laughs> it's such a weird book. It's got everything in it. Everything. 
Yeah. You can yeah. Have your, yeah. You can be a giant head walking around with spider legs. You, you can do it all. So conversely to that, um, what is the thing that you, this is a two part question. What is the thing that you feel didn't quite go what you want for? And why is the thousand thrones for Warhammer? (laughs) (laughs) You know, thousand thrones was, uh, in hindsight, I would have done that book with fewer writers. I think everybody who worked in that book did a great job. I think the campaign doesn't hold together as well as I would have liked, but it was a big, ambitious project. And I was pretty happy the way it turned out. I know it was not what everybody really wanted. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's such a funny, it's a funny process because we really struggled with that. It was, there were a lot of tonal changes and total differences. There's some new people who had never written for an RPG before, and we're trying to, you know, catch people up. And then at the same time, uh, there were there were some writers who were who really wanted to do super elaborate things that were really probably not right for the tone we were going for. So it was just a real struggle. And by the time I pushed the go button on that book, I was good and done with it. Um, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll, I'll give this some context. Um, <laughs> for my YouTube channel, when I hit a thousand subscribers a number of years ago, I did the Thousand Thrones because obviously a thousand, a thousand. And at the time, I'd been running it for my own group, and it was the only time they'd ever asked me to stop running a game <laughs> because because every they said you lose player agency when the, the when the child takes you over. It's Deus Ex Machina when the right. um the vampires appear and just take the stuff that you've worked the entire chapter for and we, we were actually discussing this before before you arrived and i got me thousand thrones down and for the most part the good chapters are the ones that you wrote well thank you uh yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry the book didn't didn't do what it should have done it was um yeah it was a it's also a weird point too in that the the life of that line because we were mm. you know my interest at that time was really focused on doing a third edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and somewhere in my hard drive is my our 40,000 words of that game that I had written uh, in anticipation for doing a new edition because we pretty much hit all of it that we could do uh and the big campaign was kind of the last bit when we had already and there were also there was also a lot of pushback about us going too far afield. They really want our focus to be on the old world and not go too far into Lustria or the Dark Elf territory, or really even mm. uh, we were just focused mostly there. Um, so the the third edition that I had planned on doing would have been an evolution of second uh, without, but not, but you know, then of course, Fantasy Flight Games got the rights and they did. Uh, their version, which was uh, so different that uh, it was pretty shocking. It was a hybrid board game, wasn't it? It was, uh, but it was a. But Little's got uh, Jay Little's got great design chops, and he pioneered a lot of things that people are still fooling around with in game design today, just based mm. on that game. The, the, um, you know, using dice in the way that he did, uh, using zones and. Uh, having character sheets that were puzzle pieces it gave you it allowed you to play a role-playing game in a in a, in a way that i don't think um has ever been done well certainly wasn't it before and uh 
could have done some really interesting things had other companies been able to pursue that same style of design, but the it's so the cost in that is so prohibitive. I mean, mm. once you start getting into all the moving parts, I think that was the big mistake they made, wasn't it? They made the basic rules stupid price. So, so the, the actual step into it was pricey. I also felt like there was a limiting it to three players was also tricky. Mm. Um, I, I know some people may run with two or three people, but I've always had when I when I run, I usually have between seven and nine, and that's just a game I could never run with with yeah. uh, with that crowd. See, I, I bought a copy at Gen Con when I met up with we, a couple of us went over to Gen Con uh, last year and met up with Scott and, and Keith, who's not here, obviously. And I, I managed to snag a copy of it in the you know the um, the area next to the where they do the auctions, and it just sat on my shelf looking at me. <laughs> and I, I know I should get it down and give it a good read because everyone I've spoken to who played it said it's actually a really good game. It's yeah. not like Warhammer, but it's still a really good game. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go no, go ahead. So you 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 had the thought. I was I was just gonna say I I really like what uh, Andy Law did with the fourth edition and uh, T. S. Lucart. They did a great job with fourth edition Warhammer. I have not still have not played it, but I I have uh, plenty of the books, um, mm -hmm. and I feel like it passed into pretty good hands from there. I think it's closer to what we were trying to do in second. Uh, it's a little crunchier, I think, but still good. Yeah, I mean that—that that was actually my next my next question was, what do you think of fourth edition? Yeah, I dig um, it. it's good. Yeah, I, I spoke to T.S. Lucart at Gen Con, and we've got discussing um, near the end of Terran and Talapine where, because obviously you have a city overrun by Skaven, and the idea that I, I said I said this to him at the time, it's ridiculous that after an entire city had been taken over by Skaven. You basically get told, oh, it was never really scathing, it was Beastmen. It's just, it's too unbelievable, even for Warhammer. And he said, he said, it came from the high ups. It, they were gonna, this was gonna be the moment where the Empire acknowledged the scathing, but it came from Gavey Shop, change it. Were you aware of that? Oh, yeah, I was a developer on that book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, where the, the, the rule was, was that uh, you can do whatever you want. To the old world, provided that you leave it how you found it. Okay. Oh, okay. That seems to be quite different to what what Cubicle Seven have. Well, there's also there's a different there's a span of you know 15 years too, where yeah. management change has changed and their company goals have changed. I mean, we've been through Age of Sigmar and back. So I mean, it's mm. yeah. Because I mean, so, they've done a book on Lustria. Yeah, yeah. Since and that they're going to be expanding to other, they're going to do a uh, Ulthwan is is one of the upcoming books, and uh, I spoke to Dominic McDowell. I think it was last year at um at the UK Games Expo, and I asked him about about Warhammer. He said when he when he found out that he got it, he actually cried because it was the first game he ever bought out of his own money, and Game Workshop said to him, "Nothing is off the table." Sounds mm. about a, a bit of a different kind of um, yeah, yeah, different approach. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, be, before we, we continue and, and possibly wrap it up, um, Rob, I just want to let you know, um, if you, if you felt cornered by the thousand thrones thing, um, but, uh, the opinion of Bud's RPG review doesn't necessarily reflect it does. the opinions no, it does. of Titter it Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. 
Oh, excellent. Um, so, uh, Bud, do you have anything else to to add? Because we're we're coming up on the hour marker here, and uh, I I would add going back Weird Wizard because it looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And it, and you might it might be interesting to know Griff has offered to run Demon Lord for us because he loves it. Yeah. And but he's he's thinking of waiting till Weird Wizard comes around to uh to run that for us instead. Cool. Yeah. No. It's 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 it would be a different game, but uh, both both uh, Weird Wizard looks fantastic, and I know it's going to be. And Demon Lord definitely is fantastic. So. Um, Rob, I, I hope we've we've covered uh you know enough ground to be content when in regards to Weird sure. Wizard and Shadow of the Demon Lord. Um I you know I've listened to your you know your conversations on some of the other podcasts uh just to steal, I mean get an idea of what I should ask. And um so just wanna just wanna make sure that we, we you know we give your current endeavor enough you know attention as as it deserves. And uh and I, I'm looking forward to even though there's a few days left. Um, where are we at with the, we've got to get to 360 before we get, uh, free companies of the four towers here. And, and here's hoping that there's, there's going to be a bit of a, a boost here in the, in the remaining days. Uh, so, but, uh, if, if not, as you said, that seems to be coming, we just have to maybe wait a little bit longer for that, I suppose. So, well, so, we've just, what, what, so one final question. Um, did you know Dolman would, we're going to release at the same time. No, no, I had no idea. Because I, I think if Dolman would hadn't have hadn't have released at the same time, it would probably have done a bit better. But and and you have a you you put your finger on one of the reasons why I have a drinking opportunity. <laughs> yeah. It's not a drinking problem; it's a drinking opportunity. That's, I mean, that's that's doing extremely well, isn't it? It's over a million or something, isn't it? Yeah, I try not to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to blame it. I wouldn't. But I mean, I backed it, but it's uh, it's a different it's its own thing. Um, yeah, and mm. you know it. It just also goes to show that there's plenty of room out there for all sorts of games. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I mean, uh, more so if you slap the five E logo on it, but uh, that's a different thing. Uh, but uh, but Rob, uh, thank you so much. I, I do appreciate you you coming on to Titter Pigs. I know we we tried to get you on last time and been been trying to get you back. And and I hope you did take a, a moment to if you if you had some time to listen to our discussion with Ian. Uh, who was absolutely fantastic, and uh, uh, he's been he's been hanging out. Um, and we have a little online pub that we call the Midchester Arms every Friday evening. And Ian's been hanging out there with with some nice. of the other other crew, and uh, and he's uh, and we're looking forward to to his game coming out too. I'm very excited about that because it, it was it was a great conversation. So, so thank you for, you know, when, when we had to reschedule for, uh, you know, giving us the opportunity to finally get Ian on after we, we got a little less busy ourselves. So, um, yeah, that was great. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, uh, we will definitely have a link to the Kickstarter here and then continue to promote it through the remaining days of it. But, um, just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so weird wizard still going till September 7th, 8am mm-hmm. central standard time. Uh, you still have uh, time to, if you don't know Demon Lord yet, uh, Bundle of Holding is running a killer deal, and that is going for a little bit longer, too. Um, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, so if you're missing, you can get the legacies or the uh, the core book stuff, and it's a whole bunch of good, wholesome evil, uh, for a dirt cheap, and then also all the Schwab Entertainment, that's my company, uh, products 
on uh, drive through or 30% off until the end of the month. Excellent. So you've got plenty of ways to help feed my cats. And, <laughs> and, and for those who do exclusive gaming online, I believe you can find um, official demon of the shadow of the demon Lord uh, modules on roll 20 and also foundry, foundry um, and fantasy ground and fantasy ground. So all three, all three yep. of the, 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 the major contenders. So you'll def- definitely check those out there. Um, well, Rob, again, I, I hope we, I hope you enjoyed your time on here, uh, with Titter Pigs, uh, would definitely, you know, love to have you back on again and just, you know, maybe have a chat of whatever floats your boat. We could, we can have a proper hour podcast going through the albums of Tom Waits and deciding which one is the best (laughs) one. Um, and, and I will be secretly crossing my fingers and poking you every once in a while to see if you want to do the Tom Waits RPG, but uh, we'll yeah, just kind of well, <laughs> wait and see when, when he returns my call, we'll, we'll go. Exactly. <laughs> and just uh, one, one final part on the shot. Uh, Jonathan. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite, what's your favorite Tom Waits song? Mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Oh, that's a hard uh, one. Why I'm driving? It's the it's you're going down to Bangkok. Uh, no, that no, it's uh, misery is the river of the world. Everybody row. That's oh. that's the song. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yes, that's mine. That. Mine is what's he what's he building in there? Well, that's a good yeah, one too. That's yeah, <laughs> that's an yeah, excellent one. In there, yeah. Um, it's so, so, it's so sinister the way he sings it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it sings. Oh, I mean, narrates it. Chimney red. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, just roll dice and just let the song play. I think that's the best you can do with a Tom Waits RPG. <laughs> you, you'll be happy regardless. So, um, but, but again, uh, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, I do, do appreciate your, your time here. And Bud, uh, thank you, uh, for, for making yourself available to, to pop on and, and co host. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll edit out the little moment where you, you lost your internet connection here the best we can. So, I mean, and, I could have spent time with the wife and kids, but I mean, who wants to do that? Well, you, you, you had, you had to get the <laughs> thousand thrones thing in too. that. So, I mean, I, I know, feel, I feel, I feel, I feel now I've got it off my chest. Well, that's, yeah. that's unless, that's unless Rob and I have a discussion afterwards when people listen, it, it will just be completely edited out. He's going to um, cut it out completely. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. So, um, so thank you so much, uh, listeners, um, check out the description, uh, in the, um, uh, you know, in, in the, in the gobbledygook of the, uh, um, of the podcast, you will find a link to it, but, uh, we will definitely be sending out links through all of the social medias and, um, there we go. I think that's a good way to end. The ending is always the hardest part. Um, we will see you at our next episode. Take care, everyone. Hey, Titterpigs fam, just a quick reminder, we do have our Patreon going on. It's patreon.com slash titterpigs. You can show your support there. We have two tiers for you, a $3 and a $6 tier. So show us some love and be part of our growing community. And speaking of our growing community, I'd like to give a shout out to our current Patreon members. Dr. Mitch, Jason Sheets, Bud's RPG Review, Dwayne Costa, William Payne, Lupus Malum, Salt Heart, Patrick Mullen, and our newest member, Dragon Girl 74. <laughs>